Throw me in the well, Lord, in that old field. Throw me in the well, Lord, in that old field. Don't care where you throw me in that old field. From dust you came, and to dust you will return. These words mark the beginning of the season of Lent. They are a death sentence handed down to us in the story of the garden and the fall. Ash Wednesday stands as the start to the most somber season of the church calendar. But in so many ways, it is the most important season. Lent is a time of grieving and repentance that leads to the hope with which our faith was built. As our lives are so often on autopilot, Ash Wednesday interrupts and demands our attention. We are reminded after the joy that is Christmas and Epiphany that Jesus came to earth with a specific job to do. We need the reminder that the redemption of creation comes not only in Jesus choosing to be born into our broken humanity, but also in his willingness to have his body broken and his blood poured out for you and for me. For 40 days plus six Sabbaths, we are asked to sit in introspection as we wait. Something no one really wants to do. Sin is a dirty word these days. We don't like being reminded of our faults, and some would have us believe that the idea of sin is out of date anyways. Or, sin is used as a gauge for immorality and judgment of others. Mourning and repentance are big themes for Lent, but our culture does neither of these well. Shame? For sure. We can place blame on and shame others for their mistakes quite easily. Either way, we control the narrative. Either way, sin becomes something we are no longer in bondage to, but something we control. Either way, we get it wrong. The fact that we celebrate a day and an entire season that is designed to keep us from turning away from the suffering is probably baffling to the rest of the world. So why do we celebrate this season every year? I'm going to answer a few questions about Lent to help us better understand. First, why 40? Well, 40 is a number we find throughout the Bible. It's meant to symbolize a quote-unquote span of time. Digging a bit deeper, it means a sufficient span of time, or symbolizes fullness and completion. We see the number 40 used in many important events. In the story of Noah, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. With Moses, the Israelites wandered the desert for 40 years. The first three kings of Israel, Saul, David, and Solomon, are said to have had 40-year reigns each. And Jesus even fasted in the wilderness for 40 days before beginning his ministry. It's a sufficient amount of time for the thing that needed to happen to happen. So in the early church, this 40-day time period became the time for new believers to prepare for baptism. 40 days was a sufficient amount of time for those seeking baptism into their faith to spend in devotion and discipline, in prayer and fasting. Lent binds us to those who came before us in our faith. These 40 days remind us of our roots. As one author puts it, Lent is about reaching back to remember who we are, even while we keep on becoming more than we were. We are part of a much larger community, and we are not alone in this walk. For 40 days, we open ourselves up to hearing anew the story of renewal, to being reminded of our disobedience, but to follow Jesus toward the hope of the cross. The English word for the season, Lent, also comes from an old form of the word length, as in length of time. It's the length of time leading up to the spring equinox and the Passover. The end of Passover is Easter. Next, why ashes? To answer this question, we must jump ahead to the end of the Lenten season. Lent closes with Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. This is the day we call Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, 
Long story short, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a young colt, and as he enters, the crowds surround him and shout, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They greet Jesus as a king. The Gospel of John tells us the people came out with palm branches, blessing the name of Jesus. But in just a few days' time, the tone changes quite drastically. When Jesus is put on trial, rather than hearing shouts of praise, Jesus hears the people call out for his crucifixion, the palm branches of Sunday long since forgotten. So the ashes. Traditionally, the ashes are made from burning the palm branches from the year before. It's a reminder of the role we played in Jesus' death. We may not have been present, but he died for all of us all those years ago. We are reminded of the fragility of our own lives as well. The shape of the cross and the ashes tells us we cannot escape or change our fate, but we can die in Christ, whose very death transforms us and gives us new life. I love this quote from Nadia Bowles-Weber, and I think it's a perfect description of what the ashen cross reminds us. That we are gods, that there is no sin, no darkness, and yes, no grave that God will not come to find us in and love us back to life. Lastly, dust to dust. In Lent, we are to walk the way of Jesus slowly towards the cross. It's important we do not try to rush through it. Pain is not easy or fun and no one likes to sit in it, but sometimes the only way out is through. Suffering is something we tend to avoid at all costs. We also avoid those who are suffering because we don't know what to do with it anymore. Mourning is all too often given an end date, and if someone grieves longer than we think they should, we walk away. Ash Wednesday is a bit of a bold slap in the face, reminding us of death and asking us to sit in the suffering of our sin. It's not meant to have us questioning our self-worth, but reminding us of why Jesus had to die in the first place. Leaning into suffering is what helps us to grow, but we resist time and again. We try to go around it, we ignore it, we refuse to surrender to it, but oftentimes our resistance is what makes our suffering worse. In life, we grow and change. Otherwise, we become stagnant and stale. If we never learn from our mistakes and our pain, what are we doing? If we aren't allowing the events of our lives to shape us or our faith to make us more like Christ, then what's the point? In our suffering, our strengths and weaknesses come out. I encourage you for the next 40 days of Lent not to retreat to the comfort of the familiar. The suffering of Lent is about holiness and redemption. It's about mercy. In a poem by Jan Richardson, she asks the reader, did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? She challenges us not to see being marked by the ashes and entering into this season of mourning our brokenness as a negative, but as a blessing. She goes on to say, This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are but for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, and the stars that blaze in our bones and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. Every year around this time, I'm reminded of the scene in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when Lucy and Susan realize that Aslan is leaving their camp one evening. They follow. They feel his deep sadness. When he senses their presence, Aslan doesn't tell the girls to leave. He asks them to walk with him. So they do. They don't know what's coming as the three of them march toward the stone table and the white witch, but they feel the weight of whatever is pressing down on Aslan. 
Even though the pain is unbearable for them, Lucy and Susan do not leave his side until at last he tells them to stop. He must go the rest of the way on his own. They say their tear-soaked goodbyes and watch as he dejectedly walks toward the jeering crowd and the one who would take his life. When Aslan gives himself over to be sacrificed, the girls wait for him to fight back, to stop what's coming, but he never does. Lucy and Susan are forced to watch the scene of Aslan's death unfold before them. The shame the witch tries to hurl on him, cutting his mane, tying him down, Aslan never fights back. They realize he has traded his own life for Edmund's. His death is brutal and leaves a lasting impression on the girls. And yet I wonder, if Lucy and Susan hadn't made that walk with Aslan, would their joy have been as sweet in the morning? When the sun came up and the ropes were gone, when the table broke in two and Aslan stood, his mane beaming in the sunrise, would they have felt it as deeply in their souls? That's what we're all waiting for, isn't it? The morning. We're waiting for the pain to stop. We are waiting for healing and reconciliation, for love to triumph, for good to win. Lent reminds us to slow down, to not skip ahead to the end. Lent is the reminder to us of the pain and brokenness of this world. Not that we don't have other reminders, but Lent reminds us of the life that Christ led and gave up to heal that brokenness and redeem God's creation. We are image bearers of God, and we are called to reflect that image into the world. Every week we pray together, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are called to live out God's kingdom here and now. Our world is full of hurt and injustice. Sometimes we experience it and sometimes we are the cause of it. I would call each of us to examine our hearts today and to sit in our own repentance. Don't turn away too quickly. God is with us in his redemption, but he is also with us in our repentance and our suffering. Remember the hope at the end of this road, but don't rush it. From dust you came, and to dust you will return. But did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? Yeah. Oh.